Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Female Founders Network, a podcast brought to you by invoice to go I'm your host, Nat, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sylvie. Hey, everyone. We record our show in the Forbes Street studio in downtown Sydney, Australia, but we bring guests from all over the world. So you'll hear people from the U.S., the United Kingdom, Europe, the Asia Pacific, anywhere that we find women who lead and inspire others. This is a great podcast for women who are navigating business ownership, leadership, or just life. Each episode should connect you with someone else's story, but also leave you with practical tips and advice that you can use in your own life and in your own business. Today, we're speaking with Emma Isaacs, the CEO of Business Chicks and the author of the best-selling biographical guide to business, Winging It. Emma shares her personal journey and how a trip to Richard Branson's Necker Island became the catalyst for a move across the world, which made Business Chicks the global powerhouse it is today. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Emma. How are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you girls? Oh, we're so good. So excited to have you on the show. I'm fangirling. Yeah, Sylvie's Yay. fangirling over here. I'm gonna. I'm about to douse her with this glass of water. Um, well, so, I hope I don't disappoint. It's always a high expectation to start with. So it's like, oh. no, it Please let me be impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I just love business chicks so much and I'm just so excited to hear your story and how you founded it and just everything about you. So um, why don't we start from the beginning and kind of tell us about um, where you grew up and your career and, and how yes. you got to where you are now. Yes, please. Yeah, do. for sure. For sure. Um, so you can tell by my accent that I'm Australian originally. I was born and raised in Sydney um, and moved to the States five years ago now. So I live in Los Angeles and absolutely love it. And we joke because half the family have American accents and the other half have little Aussie accents Mm. still. So it's a nice (laughs) little hybrid kind of situation. Um, But listen, um, the backstory really, really quickly, I suppose. Um, I'm the eldest of three kids, had a really beautiful childhood. Um, But if you believe anything about birth order, I um, am the eldest and and was always, you know, kind of the leader of the pack. And yep. um, my mum used to call me a little bit bossy and yep, um, that kind of thing. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get it. You get it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, progressed, went through school, um, went to university and lasted for all of six months. It was just a, not the way I wanted to learn. And I'm a very kind of get your hands dirty, get stuck in, make mistakes, you know, learn on the fly, experiential learner. So dropped out of uni much to my parents horror um and dismay because I come from a very academic family so that was a huge first disappointment um what were you studying I was just studying a business degree and wanted to yeah major in uh human resources because people were always my jam I I loved studying Mm. successful people I loved reading biographies I just thought that that's what, you know, would, would suit, um, yeah, suit my personality. But soon after dropping out of uni, I met someone just out socially and joined her in her recruitment company. Um, but really, I suppose if there's anything unique about my story is that I've never actually worked for anyone else before, apart from a little waitressing job while I was at school and and uni. So I've I've been a career entrepreneur. I started my first company when I was 18, uh, bought my first property when I was 19. Um, Yeah, so I I had a very, very early start, um, which, you know, has really been a fantastic jump um, for me because, yeah, I don't know, I had had seven years in that first business and it was a beautiful foundation, um, learned a lot of things and um, 
it was a recruitment company. So yeah. I guess the whole idea of, you know, being around hundreds of people every single day and having to influence people to do things and having to convince clients, um, you know, <laughs> that you're worthwhile to work alongside, all of those mm. things really set me up for uh, my next gig, which was uh, Business Chicks. So I, the way I was able to build my first company, the recruitment business was through networking. You know, mm. I was just absolutely committed to and determined to meet as many people as I could. I was always the one out there going to every single networking event, building my relationships, you know, handing around business cards, following up with people, doing favours for others um, and just really trying to... Yeah, just sorry, I hate to interrupt you. Just really quickly for our American audience, recruitment companies are big here. Like they, yeah. it's very, not very rare, but like in the States, it's kind of reserved for the higher level positions. Really? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Whereas in Australia, it's it's very rare to be actually hired directly from a company mm-hmm. or pretty rare. It's, it's less likely. Um, whereas yeah. you get courted by recruitment companies a lot. They handle a lot of yeah, that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, keep going. Yes. I just wanted to, no, I, I try to like culturally, make it culturally equal because we've got such <laughs> yeah, a global audience. Yeah, I love audience. it. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so anyways, after building my first business, um, a friend invited me along to a business chicks event mm. and my very first thought was that's a terrible name and that's such an insulting <laughs> <laughs> word and I'm a feminist and I'm a serious entrepreneur. Yes. And, um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's no ways I'm going to that thing that calls themselves business chicks. Don't um, call me a chick. <laughs> yeah, don't call me a chick. Uh, but I walked into that room and it was an event, quite a small event for about 200 people at the time. And, you know, I fell head over heels in love with the concept. It was like nothing else I'd seen in all the networking I'd done before. It was high energy. The music was playing. People were really happy to be there. They wanted to support one another. It was just like a rock concert meets a board meeting. It was just really a phenomenal energy. So I ran back to my, yeah, yeah, it was really fun. I ran back to my recruitment agency and I passed around my credit card and I said to all the women in my business, um, let's become members and let's buy three tables at the next event. And so off we went a few months later to the next event and it was there that I heard the business was for sale. Um, So I ran up to the lady at the end and I said to her, listen, I've never run an event before in my life. I have no (laughs) idea how to run a membership organization, but I just love this thing and I want to be part of it. So um, that was the origin of that. I ended up buying the business six months later. Um, Back then we were a membership base of 200 people. We now reach over 500,000 women globally. Oh, my um, God. It's It's been an amazing journey. I mean, pre-COVID, we were producing 110 live events um, across the globe with speakers like Sir Richard Branson, Ariana Huffington, Sarah Jessica Parker, yeah. Gloria Steinem, Seth Godin, the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been 15 years of me building that that organisation now and I'm, I'm just as excited and as um, pumped to be doing this work as I was 15 years ago. So, yeah, it's been a real joy and a blessing. Oh, my God, that is just so amazing. Like, Did you ever think when so, you first hang on, started hang on. Can we you... back up just one second? I'm wondering yeah. which country you were in <laughs> yeah. when you when all of this happened. When you, like, which country was this? Yeah, so we started Business Chicks in Australia okay. and moved the business, um, expanded it here to the U.S. Um, okay. about six years ago now. Okay, yeah. so sorry. Okay, sorry, Sylvie, go. Not at all. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, no, I was just going to say, like, how how did your kind of early vision of of starting businesses when you saw it and it was like this an amazing event? Did you ever see it becoming this global organization with all these amazing business founders and celebrities like Sarah Jessica Parker? Was that a that was a Sydney event recently, wasn't it? Uh, I think she did Sydney. I'm not sure if she did Melbourne as well. I, I'm not sure. I'm a little bit sort of out of the um, day to day operations of the. Australian business being based here but yeah yeah, I mean to your point and question I I don't think I had a very very clear vision of exactly what it's become today but I certainly knew that I wanted to take something good and make it into something great like that was that's that's one of my strengths is maximizer I like to take something that's already doing okay and really build on it and make it into something that's extraordinary so you know I didn't have this really perfect plan or perfect vision or um yeah I just I just put one foot in front of the other and and followed um you know what felt right and yeah before we knew it it started to really grow and you know when I, when I first bought it it was just a pure play events business and they weren't even um actually it wasn't even a business it was started by a charity they would get um, a speaker in they'd sell some raffle tickets and and bring you know 200 women together in a room and so when I bought it, I incorporated it as a company, obviously, um, and I got to work thinking about how we were going to commercialise community because back then there were no women's organisations. I mean, there was, you know, one or two, but they were quite, um, you know, very, very professional and stuffy yeah, and you had to yeah. wear your corporate suit and say the right things and appear more intelligent than you were. And it's it was all so kind of funny. Yeah, like it's, it was it? like women like trying to be part of the boys club, I feel. Yeah, like try, we're trying to change our, our – Yeah, like change our personalities. Don't be emotional. <laughs> Don't be too yeah. yourself. Don't be too much, you know? It's like exactly that would have been really hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it presented a it presented a huge opportunity, right? Yeah. So I I saw that and I had been going to all the different networking events. And so, you know, I mean, I'm not sure, even sure it was a really conscious decision, but I tried to dial up, you know, the fun and the atmosphere and the energy and the right. vibe and right. and you know, it's really go for it. And and that kind of culture really stood us in great stead to attract more members and attract more interest and attract media and attract better right. speakers. Because when people can see that you're up to something, when people can see that you're really pushing boundaries, you're building a brand, you're, you know, you're there to serve, um, people want to get a part of that. So yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's been great. It's been awesome. But just to get back really quickly to the business model, it um, I had to interrogate it very early on because I could see that we'd have an event, a little bit of cash flow would be there, and then we'd obviously wait a few months and this, mm. this kind of feast or famine situation. And and a pure play events model is a very 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 hard business to run. Mm. So I started to think about um, diversifying the revenue streams. So we have a paid membership model now. Yep. We have um a really strong partnership business or a B2B business where brands attach to our organization and sponsor different activities. We have a digital part to the business. So we produce digital content online each day. We have a magazine. So we've really been able to um, diversify the model and, and protect ourselves. You know, that's been a really key um, part of this, this, I suppose, the overall success and the reason we're still standing and doing really well 15 years later. Yeah. And it, good. thank goodness you did because when COVID hit, you had all of these other virtual, yeah. um, you know, ways to participate rather than. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we, we didn't. We didn't have them. We, we had to create them. Oh, really? Them. Um, so you didn't oh, yeah, create no, we, them until after COVID? No. I mean, it's been interesting. This has been something that, huh. um, I mean, we, ha- we had a bunch of masterclasses and, and things like that, but certainly okay. not at the level of what we're, we're producing at the moment. Okay. Okay. Um, so you really just cranked yeah, it up since like virtually. Well, we did. Yeah, we did. I mean, I remember the day 
that this was all announced as a global pandemic, you know, I got the team together and um, we yeah. have an events team of I think eight or nine people out of our headquarters. And I said, okay, guys, like, do we know how to do this? Yeah. <laughs> do we know how to <laughs> produce digital events on a large scale? You know, we're going to have to fortify ourselves in some way. And, you know, they were like, we don't really know how to do it. And I said, well, we're going to have to really learn very, very quickly and yeah. we're going to have to take urgent, immediate action. And even that in itself was interesting because the response of the team was, okay, well then let's, um, we'll go away in and we'll research all the different software programs and we'll research all the different platforms and we'll get the tech right and then we'll talk about doing an event. And I said, absolutely not, we're not doing that. Yeah. What we need to do <laughs> is we need to draw a line in the sand, say that an event's happening on this day. Um, yeah. You know, we'll need to go and get all the speakers and then we'll work out the tech as we go, right? So yeah. I think that's very much the entrepreneur's way. It's like you build the plane while, while it's flying. You don't have to have, yeah. you know, everything totally worked out to be able to mobilise and, and execute. So yeah, yeah you're you like sewing the parachute on the way down. Yeah, no, <laughs> That's I, right. yeah. you know what's funny? And I think you, t- you talked about birth order earlier and we talked to a lot of women who are either only children or oldest, the mm. eldest child. And I think that's a bit of what we do because there was no uh, model to follow for the eldest child or the only child, right? We just yeah, kind of try yeah. things and it's, it's weird. Make them up. Yeah. yeah. Like, and then it. we're like, oh, we'll get it. We'll get ourselves out of trouble when we need to. <laughs> you know? yeah. So you're so kind yeah. of like good at this that you've actually written the book on it, literally. About yes. <laughs> Tell us about so your, book. your book, Winging It. Um, yeah, it's awesome. So you yeah. talk about like the magic of winging it, but I kind of, in your words, how do you define what that means? Like, what does it mean to be winging it? Mm. Yeah, well, you've probably got from me already that my life philosophy has been to say yes and figure out the rest yes, later. You've probably yes. got that, um, you know, I'm someone who feels fairly comfortable in uncertainty and doesn't need to have a complete roadmap, you know, in um, before I take huge actions. So for me, winging it is just a culmination of all those things. You know, it's really about the way I've been able to live my life and build and scale my companies. And it's something that I want to encourage other people, particularly women, to to do because I think that we can get caught in the kind of cycle of overthinking and overanalyzing and asking for too much advice and, you know, instead of looking within and going with what feels right. Um, So winging it to me is just about saying, listen, we're never going to have all the answers. We never know what the future holds. I mean, we're we're living and breathing a year of winging it, right? We, Mm. We all are in a massive amount of uncertainty. We don't know what you know, what life is going to be like in six months or 12 months or even two years from now. So, you know, this, this teaching and these philosophies have certainly come from my experiences and the way I've been able to get to where I am today. But it's also been um, a culmination of the successful people I've been able to spend time with and travel with. And I've been able to see how they, you know, do life and, and do business. So it's taking a lot of their lead on how they wing it as well. Yeah. Do you think that w- to be able to be the kind of person where you can just wing it you have to have a lot of self-confidence and self-belief and or is it something that you know can be taught if you don't have that like intrinsic self-confidence yeah it's it's a great question I think like anything it's something that can be cultivated I think um you know developing your self-confidence developing your self-worth um you know getting your inner dialogue right is perhaps you know your life's work and and for a lot of people it becomes easy, more easily than it does for others. Um, but I think it is like like a muscle that needs to be flexed over and over and over in order to grow. And, um, yeah, it's something within all of us. I mean, I, I certainly 
you know, was born, I would like to think I was born a leader, but I've had periods in my life where I've felt, um, you know, tremendous, tremendous levels of self-doubt. I've had periods mm. in my life where I have felt like an imposter in certain rooms mm. and, you know, having these um, other experiences to draw from, from and be able to say, hey, listen, you've been here before, you can do it again. That's mm. been immensely helpful. So I think, I think self-confidence and, um, you know, gaining that that self-power or whatever you call it is something that we can all do. It just needs practice and practice and practice. And it, it means putting ourselves into uncomfortable situations from time to time. You know, you're not going to grow in any way unless you're doing things that scare you. So I think yeah. if there's any theme in my life, it's definitely been about, you know, putting myself putting myself and my family into situations um, that have ultimately led to our, our growth. So, yeah, I think it's available to all of us. I really do. Yeah. Was, was your move to LA like a let's just see what happens moment or was that fun? Yeah. Yeah. What, what happened there? Um, I have a really tough gig with business chicks. I get to take a group of um, our members to Necker Island, Richard Branson's Island um, in the oh, Caribbean that's every year. <laughs> it's awful. Why it's have awful, I not been invited and can I be invited? <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure you can. Sure you can. Um, so, so we've been doing this for about, I think, seven or eight years now. And mm. one one year we were sitting up there having our fresh coconuts over breakfast one morning and there were a bunch of Aussie women there and some women from the States and also the UK. Um, all around but he was talking to an Australian woman in this one conversation and he asked her what he what she did for business and she told him and he, he took pause and he just kind of looked around and then he looked back at her and he said listen is it even possible to make money in Australia and mm. he, he wasn't being he wasn't being dismissive he wasn't being insulting but what he was saying is you know for Richard he has such a global perspective of the world he has a global perspective of his, of his businesses most of his businesses um, make money in Europe and the US but for him Australia is this tiny little dot in the ocean it's a little yes. continent that floats you know yeah, yeah. Um, in the southern hemisphere so his asking that really planted a seed with me and I started to think about gosh there is there is such a big world out there that I need to go and explore and if I am a leader of a community of women who encourages other women to play a big, bigger game all the time, who encourages other women to do things that scare them, who encourages other women to, you know, feel the fear and do it anyway, then I needed to live into that. So yes. from there, I decided I wanted to take the business to the States and my team and I went back and forth a bunch of times doing discovery work. And then we um, launched the event that started the business here in New York and LA and San Francisco to begin with. And yeah. it was amazing. You know, we had 700 women in ballrooms in Manhattan and the Bay area and yeah. here in Beverly Hills. And it was exactly the same like Australia, but with American accents, which was, which is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> and you know, my, my husband wasn't with me for all of those launch events. When I got back to Australia, he said, wow, that looked amazing. You know, would you ever consider moving there? And the thought of me doing that completely, you know, of us doing that completely terrified me. So I said, yep, let's, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> so six months later, we were, you know, on the, um, on a plane to LA and, you know, we, we, I think we knew five people in LA maybe, um, and we had four kids at that point, but we, yeah, we hit the ground and figured it out. But I mean, if you told me how challenging it would be, you know, to be here, if you told me how tricky it would be for the kids to assimilate, if you told mm. me, you know, how different it is to do business here, I, I would never have done it. Um, but ultimately we're so, so, so glad that we did. And have had the most terrific five years, you know, trying to figure out things and almost speak a new language. And it's yeah. something I, I don't regret for a minute. It's been amazing. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, wow. now you have six children, right? 
Yeah. That's amazing. I'm, Six children yeah. running this massive organization. Yeah. I'm just so curious, like, how do you, I'm sure you get asked this a lot, but how do you actually balance having six kids with a business and, and just in the fact of like, did you take maternity leave each time? Yeah, you, you know what? One? I want to ask you that, but then I hate that we get asked that and men don't get asked that, but I do want yeah. to know. Yeah. <laughs> but just for like the time, I mean, because like, obviously like women go through the childbirth and you carry the child yeah. for them. It's kind of like, you know, on it's hard on our bodies so that's it's more like yeah around that kind of question I would yeah. I would also well, ask okay. your husband <laughs> yeah. there you go, good you're yeah. off the hook there uh, you're yeah. off the hook you know what um, I don't no, no, no. <laughs> I was just going to say, so there's so many ways we can take this from here. Um, yeah. Let me start with this. So I I am someone who is very, very lucky. I, I do pregnancy really well. I'm very lucky. Oh, um, lucky you. And I, and I birth. <laughs> do either of you have any children? I am on my third and this has been, I, I'm having my first daughter and it has been the most oh. horrific pregnancy that you oh, can possibly think of. I'm sorry oh, to hear it's it. It's been really hard, yeah. but I'm in my second trimester now. So I'm like starting to get a gust of of. Energy. Yeah. Energy. Yeah. Let's get shit yeah, done. Yeah. And I don't yeah. have kids. Yeah, I know it. I don't have kids yet, but I'm like kind of thinking about it. And She's the next a bit clucky, months, this one. I'm a bit clucky, and like, <laughs> but I've got my business. So I'm just like, I love learning from everyone about their experience of running a business and having a child. That's kind of yeah. my kind of personal reason behind asking as well. Yeah, ask me for a friend. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I love it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm lucky. I do pregnancy well. I do birth well. I've had all my six babies at home in my living room in a tub. Wow. Um, oh my god! And have drawn so much. You, you guys have got to go onto my Instagram under my under one of my highlight reels. There's a birth section, so you can watch the live streaming of my last birth. Oh my I, gosh. Um, I, I live streamed it um, four months ago, and we had over sixty thousand people tuning in um and it was incredible so yeah go go check that out when we when we're done here but um so yeah I love pregnancy I love birth I'm very very lucky um and you know I never set out to have six kids it was just one of those things that I you know had my first and we loved it and we had our second and we we loved it and it just we're kind of a little bit reckless and it just kept keeping on happening and we now know how it actually happens um and probably need to hang up our, our, you know, fertility boots. But, you know, it just, it's, it's, it's great fun. It's great fun. My kids are 11, 9, 7, 5, 3, and the new one is four months now. Wow. Oh, wow. And, yeah, it's exactly as you'd, you'd think. I mean, it's it's chaotic. There's always one or two hanging off of me or crying <laughs> or need, needing me. Um, but but I think, I think, thing is this, like I, I have I've done my career a little bit differently to a lot of people. You know, I didn't go and work for corporates or I didn't stay at university for four or six or eight years. Um, so I had this kind of jump start. You know, I was lucky to be able to get a start as young as I was able to. I was able to really build a financial foundation for myself because I was just always so, so, so determined to make sure that I would never be, like, sorry, I would never be dependent on anyone else. So as I said, I bought my first property when I was 19. I have, um, you know, really, really focused on building a great um, property portfolio. I own my headquarters in Sydney, just behind the Apple store there. Um, You know, I'm really, I'm committed. I have a I love investing in stocks, so I check my share portfolio every single day. I just was really, really um, determined to make sure that I could always stand on my own two feet. And so having having that experience from a young age meant that I was able to um, 
I don't know. I I suppose I just learned a lot of lessons from that whole experience that I carry now into parenting. And that's things like, you know, being, you know, ultra organized. It's things like outsourcing everything. It's things like um, working to my strengths and making sure that I'm only doing the things that give me energy and that I'm really, really good at. Um, So yeah, I I guess just the the reverse of that has been really handy in parenting. And listen, I'm, I'm painting this really utopic view right now of what it's like, but it's, 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 it's very challenging. Um, it's full on. You know, I have four, it's full on. It's yeah. full on. I have four kids right ha- uh, right now home with virtual schooling. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the age differences are um, really quite crazy. Like developmentally, where an 11 year old is, that is very different to my little guy who's four months yeah. old, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's all just such a blessing and, and a huge joy. And, um, you know, I mean, I can't, I can't for a second regret any of it or complain about any of it because I chose it all and, you know, manifested it. And it's, yeah, it's, it's cool. So Sylvie, go for it. And have another three. After this would have another three. Uh, yeah, I think this is probably. She's like, mm, mm, well, no. my, my oldest were born in 2006 and 2009. So we've had mm-hmm. a massive gap. Um, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. 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 So this is, and yeah. my fiance now, he just wants one. So, <laughs> so luckily That's we so have the nice. two boys and now we're getting a girl. So a little girl. Yeah, That's we'll beautiful. see how we go. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be great. Yeah. Well oh, thank you for mm-hmm. like being so honest and open about that. I've, I, yeah, that makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> just, do, just be organized and delegate. I mean, yeah, I mean, I know, I know. It's, it, it, I mean, it, it can, um, obviously it's, it's, it's so fraught. Um, you know, I think a big, a big reason that we moved to the States as well was because childcare was just so expensive in Australia as well. And there were many weeks when I was paying, you know, the equivalent of what I was earning in childcare. So wow. that's, that's a really, um, you know, big deal. And, and being here in the States, you obviously have access to um, much more affordable childcare. I mean, it's not government sanctioned or anything, but. Like nannies. You, know, can, you have a nanny there? Or? Yeah, like yeah. babysitters. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're here by ourselves. My husband's parents aren't here. My parents yeah. aren't um, aren't here. So, oh, no, girl. Yeah, when my sons were born, no need to explain. When my sons were born in the States, I had a nanny and parents. So, <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, don't, great. you know, and my whole, you know a big part of my paycheck went to pay for that nanny, but it's really worth it. I think if you're career driven and ambitious and you've got other things going on in your life, it's like women aren't meant to do all of this on their own. We used to have tribes of women to help us Mm -hmm. and we would Mm -hmm. live all together. It's, there's no shame in having a nanny whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, but I think, I think there is still a social stigma that, um, you know, we, we shouldn't talk about it and we should feel oh, ashamed yeah. that, that we're not doing it. But it's so weird because I'm like the most hands-on mom you'll ever meet. Like my uh, backside does not hit the sofa unless I'm feeding, you know, nursing the little guy. Like I am so hands-on. I know yeah. exactly where all the kids are up to with their homework. I know where they're at with their friendships and I'm yeah. just so hands-on. But I think people think when you have a nanny, oh, you must have your feet up and having a Do cup nothing. of coffee while you're, yeah. yeah, no, couldn't be further from it's the truth. It's so weird. And I don't know why a woman's value in that way is something sometimes associated with being selfless. Mm. Like, it's okay Mm. for us to have nannies. It's okay to have children and have other ambitions and other things that you do with your day. (laughs) You know, Mm. like that's our our motherhood, our, you know, how good we are as a mother is not judged by being, you know, having that the only thing going on in your life, you know? Absolutely. Do you you see yourself staying in LA um, for the foreseeable future? And and how do you... um, kind of envisaged like the growth of business chicks for the next five years yeah it's a great question yeah we we see ourselves staying here for quite a long time if not forever I hope my 
mom and dad aren't listening in because <laughs> 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 they they I mean they, they really feel they miss the kids uh so much obviously but my that they try and get over here as much as they can yeah. obviously we're not traveling at the moment but yeah I mean obviously this is a huge market um and we'd love to really grow the business um in America and then hopefully in the UK one day too Sylvie but um yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I think connection, I think education and the empowerment of women is a global ambition. And I really feel that Business Chicks offers something very unique and very spirited. And it's just a, it's a it's a beautiful it's a beautiful piece of work. And we want to make sure it reaches as many people as possible. So yeah, I I mean, I I really want to not conquer. What do you, what does that even mean? But I do really want to make a mark in in the US. And yeah. my book just released here. Um, two weeks ago and it's selling it's number one amazon bestseller i'll have you guys know wow. isn't that great congratulations <laughs> thank you i know it's so cool and it's if sold I was out in the Prego, first i'd have a glass of wine and toast it <laughs> <laughs> that's the cutest um yeah so it's it sold out in the first week here and they're they're just hustling to get it reprinted which is really exciting but oh, you know so the message good. is is resonating and um yeah we just love it so i think yeah. i think we see our future here for sure yeah. so i I'm actually writing a book on the sly. Great. Great. <laughs> so could you tell our guests, and, you know, we've got thought leaders all over the world. So could you tell us a little bit about the process of writing mm. a book, getting it published, mm. you know, just tell us about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. I'm laughing because I, you know, my team for the last 10 years tried to get me to write a book and I just never could really do it. No one could sort of pin me down for long enough. And I'm like that alpha entrepreneur that likes, you know, the next shiny literary thing. So um, anyways, I actually had a new person join the business uh, in Australia while I was living in the States. And on one of my trips back to Australia, she sat me down and she said, listen, I've heard that not a number of people have tried to get you to write a book, but I'm the person who's going to do it. And she was so scary that. And this is someone that you hired. Is this someone that you hired? Yeah, 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 yeah. She was, yeah. Um, it's it's Lucy who I don't know if you girls have been dealing with, but she's my right hand. Oh, nice. And so yeah, we just we just got to work. I mean, um, I had probably about thirty thousand words from all over the shop that I had started penning, you know, from the different attempts of trying to write a book. And so while I tried to, you know, um, get my shit together with the manuscript, um, Lucy pitched me out to all the publishers, all the big publishers in uh, Australia, which was great. Mm. Um, I actually ended up getting offers from uh, the the big four, which was really lovely. And funnily enough, we didn't even go with the highest one. We went with the second highest one um, because we felt the the chemistry and they were a really, really great team to work with. So I think that's, I think that's really, really useful for any aspiring author you know really mm-hmm. try and go with the partner in a publisher that feels the best and you know not just go for the highest um paycheck so yeah. Yeah. did that the book released yeah it's good advice that um it, yeah it's there's no point working with someone just because of money it just doesn't never ever flies mm-hmm. um yeah. so the book released in australia that was really great um and it continues to sell two years on which is really encouraging and then I started to shop it around in America. So I got myself a literary agent out of New York and um, got rejected 
too many times to even count. I mean, I stopped counting after about 30 um, rejection letters. It was wow. really soul-destroying. Yeah, it was really challenging, like traipsing the streets of New York in the snow and, you know, oh, in sitting the in these. <laughs> oh, it was I, many times. It was just such, it was such a crazy experience. Of, I mean, like, it's, it's a very, very humbling experience right? when, yeah. you're, when you're sort of top of your game in one country and yeah. doing quite well and then you're a complete unknown in another country and no one has ever heard of you, no one's ever heard of your business, no matter how big it is. And, yeah. you know, it was, it was great. Like it was, it sort of got me really fired up to want to show people, hang on a minute, like I, I do have something here. I, you know, I, I, I can't, I'm a great marketer. I'm, you know, I, I feel like it's a really phenomenal product. I know it's going to resonate here in the States. So it was, it was sort of a bit of a like F you yeah. moment yeah. of, okay, great. You're going to tell me, no, I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to keep showing up and I'm going to keep working hard and I'm going to make a huge success of this. So, so sorry, what was their no, reason then? Was it because you, because obviously it was a success. You'd think that that would be a great blueprint for them to be like, oh yeah, well we could clearly do that here. Definitely. But is, is it just because, oh, well you might be known in Australia, but you're like, it's not, not a no. US. Yeah, 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 so yeah I, I wasn't. No, I'm, I'm definitely not, not known here in the US. So it's, um, you know, I mean, every the publishing industry has been turned on its head for the last, you know, five years, and it's people who have audiences, people who um, have communities to sell with, you know, can can write books and can move books off shelves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've seen YouTube influencers um, be able to morph themselves into authors and it's just a really interesting kind of state of play you have to be so much more than just a good writer with a good theme or a good story or um, a good grasp of Mm, concepts and you really have to be able to to market well and find an audience um so yeah they just weren't convinced they said we've never heard of you we we don't know business chicks um and you know they, they want it to be easy right they want to just attached to some celebrity or someone who has a built-in audience and I was trying to say listen I will work as hard as you need me to work because that's always been my my style you know I'm I hustle and I make things happen um, and I'll be able to sell copies of this book and convince people to buy it but they just weren't they just weren't believing me so um yeah, we, we eventually found a phenomenal publisher um, in Sounds True. They started the careers of people like Brene Brown and Marianne Williamson and Seth Godin and many, many, many other phenomenal authors. So I've, oh. and they've been fantastic to work alongside. Um, and yeah, they're doing an amazing job. So yeah, it's a story that has a nice, nice ending, thankfully. But you kept hustling and you kept pushing and that's I what got you where hustling. you were. You yeah. know, absolutely. For me, it's like when I hear a no, it's never, ever a no. It's just not now. That's yeah, what yeah that means to me it's just like keep on going keep on going so yeah yeah definitely I love that what do you (laughs) hope um women who read your book will kind of take away from it I really hope it's a bit of a kick up the pants if you like um to encourage women (laughs) to I mean I can only say that because that's what people say to me you know I had I, I mean I've got hundreds if not thousands of beautiful emails and dms from people telling me what impact the book has had on them and i one of my oh, favorites I was from it. a woman who who said yeah I, I started reading the book on my sofa in my pajamas and i had to quickly get up and get dressed because i was so motivated and i felt like such a <laughs> sloth on the couch you know so you know i mean people are just telling me it's making them think differently there's a lot of stuff in the book about building relationships about building a network there's a lot of stuff about building culture in your companies there's a yeah. lot of stuff about financial management about leadership it's a it's a really I hope to think it's a really really practical guide um, Mm -hmm. with story after story after story of inspiration and um, learnings from some of the world's most successful people so yeah I'm really proud of it yeah it's it's awesome um so Mm -hmm. if someone wants to buy your book 
from and then yeah, the Amazon.com. Oh, awesome. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if they want to join That's business it. chicks, how do we how yeah. do Thank you. We'd love to have you. Um, just businesschicks.com will take you. They're actually doing a beautiful membership offer right now where a copy of the book is included and um, your, your annual membership is $47. So we'd love for you to come along and join us. We have amazing digital events coming up. We produce some incredible live experiences, member meetups, um, the magazine, there's a whole heap of stuff. So check it out at businesschicks.com. Perfect. Thank you so much, Emma, for joining us. We're going to stay in touch. And I want to be on that island next year. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You got it. You got it. Pop that baby out. (laughs) Come onto the island. I love it. Hand it to the nanny. Go off to the island. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. You You guys are great. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Cheers. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by Invoice to Go. We're an invoicing and billing app that helps business owners work and get paid from anywhere at any location around the globe. And we're helping close the gender-based pay gap because the current US gender-based pay gap sits at around 19%. Listeners of the Female Founders Network podcast will get exactly 19% off of any subscription. Just use the code EMPOWERWOMEN at checkout.